0: Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The Standard is the Standard. You're joined by Lance Williams and my co host, Jeff Hartman, the editor of
1: BehindTheSteelCurtain.com.
0: <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. And as always, we're bringing you another episode of the best Steelers podcast in the land. Last week, The show was very defensive focused, but if you see, listeners, before we start the program, if you see this hat right here, it says 2017 Stanley Cup champs, the Penguins. Of course, by now, all of you guys know, and you see Jeff has his beautiful (laughs) Pittsburgh Penguins. Of course, you guys know by now that the Penguins are not going to three-peat, but we'd still like to send a big shout-out from this show to the Penguins for an outstanding three-year run. The championship core is still intact. Things didn't work out. Every Ovechkin has to get a bone at some point in time. And so Ovechkin finally beat the kid. So I'm not going to say congratulations to the Capitals. I'm just going to say congratulations to the Pittsburgh Penguins for an outstanding three-year run. Jeff, would you like to add anything to that?
1: Yeah, I want to ask you a question about that. I saw an interesting tweet. You know, the Steelers and the Penguins are held to almost the same standard in the in terms of their fan base, it's championship or nothing. Yet I I understand that the Penguins have won back-to-back cups and that's tremendous. The Steelers have been really good and they haven't won the they haven't won the hardware in a while now. But the Steelers lose to the Jaguars and People want Tomlin fired. They want everyone gone. Whereas I don't see anyone saying anything about Mike Sullivan. Not that he should be. It's just trying to compare the two organizations, the two fan bases, which mind you, they're not the same fan base. I want everyone to understand that. Uh, I've, I've been with behind the steel curtain long enough now that a lot of people that regular regularly check the website that are diehard Steeler fans are not Penguins fans. They might just like the Steelers. They might like the Yankees and they might like, um, I don't know, the, the, the Anaheim ducks for all I care. I don't know. Um, But, they like the Steelers. So I'm not assuming every single person is like myself that likes the pirates, the penguins and the Steelers, but still it's just kind of interesting to me how I haven't seen any venom at all. Now, when Dan Bilesman was a coach, he got a lot of heat and then he was eventually fired, but it's just weird. It's a weird dynamic. Uh, And I don't understand it all the time. Don't expect to, but I guess that's my only comment. Congrats to the pens. They had a great season injuries caught up with them. Uh, they played a lot of hockey in a, little, in a short amount of time. So hopefully they rest up and get ready for next season.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a great franchise. I think the difference is the Steelers having the most Super Bowls. I think they're held to even a higher standard. And, you know, as good as the Penguins are, and they have been, you know, they're not the Montreal Canadiens, right? I mean, they don't have the history of the Canadiens. Or, you know, even Edmonton. Well, I guess they have the history of Edmonton. They're probably about as successful as Edmonton was during Gretzky in the heyday. So I think that's why the pins are given a little bit of a pass, so to speak. And I think it's a generational thing. I think me being from Pittsburgh for my age and your age, it's all Pittsburgh, right? I'm a Giants fan now as well. And my dad gives me a hard time about it. But, you know, I'm all Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm Pirates. I'm I'm pins. I'm Steelers. I mean, that's how we rock with it. If you're a certain age, you rock with all Steelers stuff, all Penguins stuff. You just rock with all Pittsburgh City champions because you've lived through it. You've been through it a couple of times. But I think the younger you are, you might be a little selective. You might pick one or the other. But there was a topic, Jeff, and I'm going to kick it to you and swing it to you that you wanted to talk about because last week was very defensive oriented because of, I think the surprised that the Steelers didn't go in a defensive, more of a defensive direction with their draft. But we saw the big trade with Martavis Bryant, and that made you come up with the thought to talk about the offense. And I made a take last week, tongue-in-cheek, just being facetious, being purely speculative, my undisputed first take mode, all that stuff. And needless to say the Steeler quarterback did what we thought he would do and why being the first-round draft pick would be bad considering his comments and his behavior, and this guy was only a third-round draft pick. Jeff, speak on it, because I I thought you had a lot. You you were going to let loose a a little bit last week. So so what's up, Jeff? How do you think about how Ben Roethlisberger is handling the whole Mason issue.
1: Well, uh, you know, Mason Rudolph, the the Steelers traded up in the third round to get him. So they wanted him, and they said that they had a high grade on him. Rumors that I've heard state that they had a second-round grade on him. They passed on the second. They went with James Washington. That's probably because of the Martavis Bryant trade. And then he was still there. So they trade up with Seattle. They give away a seventh to get him. My beef isn't with the selection at all. You get a Mason Rudolph in the third round, who even if you have a second-round grade, the fact that you get him in the third is a deal. It's a steal of a deal, so to speak. My problem is with Ben Roethlisberger. Now, let me preface what I'm about to say with this simple fact. I love Ben Roethlisberger. As a player, he's my, he has been my favorite since the moment they drafted him. And the moment he stepped at M&T Bank Field, but the injured Tommy Maddox in Week 2 in 2004. He's the only jersey I've ever gotten. I have about eight or nine Ben Roethlisberger jerseys. Even though now I don't really follow players as much as I did when I was younger, he has always been my favorite. I do not support what he did off the field with his mischief in, in Milledgeville, Georgia. Um, and his radio show, as someone that runs a website as big as BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, has become an absolute nightmare every single week. The guy goes on the air. And good for Cook and Pony from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh because they get him to say the dumbest stuff that you could ever think of. But it's not their fault. He's a 15-year veteran. How do you not know how to answer these questions? Um, They asked him, I mean, lobbing softballs. They're lobbing softballs to him. What do you think about the pick? Well, I don't know why they had to go out and make that pick. I wanted them to get someone that could help the team. Now, okay, I could see his reasoning there. But then you go a step further and say, you take Mason Rudolph's quote, which Mason Rudolph said, it's not Ben's job to teach me. I need to go in there and learn the offense and prepare like I'm the starter. And he somehow twists that around to, I guess Mason Rudolph doesn't want my help. Are you serious? I mean, you are a 15-year veteran that has been through I don't know how many backups, Charlie Batch, Dennis Dixon, all of, uh, Brian St. Pierre, I could name I could name more if I had time to think about it. You've been through all these quarterbacks, why all of a sudden now do you respond this way? And I get it. He's loyal to Landry Jones, he's loyal to Joshua Dobbs. He said that in the interview. Is he that threatened by Mason Rudolph as a third-round pick? Is or is he that, well, let's just—I'm not. I was gonna say naive. Is he that stupid that he doesn't think that this is gonna cause waves? Go ahead, Lance. You wanna say something?
0: I'm raising my hand. You see my hand raised? Listen, I do. Yes. Uh, he, he. Let me answer it in two words, and I'm not gonna use a a a, a verb here on on purpose. He old. <laughs> you know what happens when you get old? You say whatever the hell you want. When you get old, you just start saying, look, man, I'm not going to try to say it a certain way. I've done that for like 50 years already. Hell, I'm old. I'm just going to say whatever the hell I want. And you're either going to have to come to grips with it or not. He's year 15. He's taken – he's been in about 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 car crashes. He's like, for all these hits (laughs) – all these injuries, all this, man, I'm going to say whatever the hell I want. I didn't play 15 years. I didn't want two Super Bowls. Man, y'all either like it or you don't. I'm going to contradict myself. I'm going to say I might retire. I'm going to come back and say I'm going to play five years. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to say whatever I want. You know why? I'm old. I didn't play 15 years. Look, man, I'm on the way out. I know it. You know it. So be hell with the PC stuff. I'm going to say whatever. My issue with it, though, is some things aren't for media consumption. Some things aren't for consumption outside the family. And I wrote on Twitter that there's family business and work should not mix. There's a way to articulate what's going on in the workplace, in the locker room, and say certain things in a way where Certain information that should be held close because it's a family and a brotherhood should not be in the streets. But again, Ben Roethlisberger is old and he don't care anymore and he don't give a good rats. He's just going to say it at this point.
1: So in other words, you're saying that he at this stage in his career is putting himself, his own thoughts, his own opinions above the team because this doesn't look good. I mean, you had a relatively quiet offseason in Pittsburgh. The only talking points coming out of the Steelers facility were that of Le'Veon Bell and his franchise tag and contract negotiations. And after that was beat to death, it was put off on the the side. And so now you come in, and now this is the epitome, in in my opinion, the epitome of a distraction. It's a distraction for the team. It's a distraction for the freaking rookie who's coming in, who's just trying to learn the playbook. Mason Rudolph on Friday, the 11th of May, you might be listening to this on that day, is when the Steelers start their rookie minicamp. And now, whenever they have any type of media availability, everyone's going to go to Mason Rudolph. They're probably not going to go to Terrell Edmonds first, and they're going to want to talk to him about Ben Roethlisberger's quotes. Now, everything that I've read, everything that I've seen, everything that I have heard From Mason Rudolph, it sounds like he is an unbelievable, mature young man. He's going to say the right things. He's going to give every PC possible answer. But I feel bad for the kid because it's not his fault. He said something that I thought was very appropriate when he said, it's not Ben's job to teach me. In other words, he's going to take ownership of his own career. Now, could he have worded it differently? I guess, but... It's just a distraction, and this is what his radio show has become: is this huge distraction, whether he's throwing people under the bus, whether he's revealing stupid, I, I don't know, depth chart stuff. I, I just hate it. I, I can't stand it. Just stick to football. That's what I want to say to Ben Roethlisberger. He,
0: he, he doesn't care. He, he's like, look, man, I, I, I haven't put in fifteen years. I'm trying to win. I, I'm going to be Ben Roethlisberger for a second, so I'm going to morph into a six foot five white guy, and we can do that. <laughs> Based on science, there are supplements that I can take to become a six foot five white guy for the next, you know, a minute and a half. So I just popped in a supplement. Just think that I'm a six foot five white guy. Look, man, I haven't played 15 years. He can't help us. I just threw five touchdown passes against the Jacksonville Jaguars. What is this guy going to do to help me? I'm trying to get another Super Bowl. I tr- I'm trying to go to the Hall of Fame. I'm trying to win. Before I leave, this guy can't help me. He can't help me at all. What's a third-round draft pick going to do? That's a quarterback that's not going to play. The only way that he's going to play is if I get hurt, Landry gets hurt. Who is this dude? Get me some help. Did y'all see us just give up 40-plus and you draft a quarterback? Get out of here. Yes, I'm pissed. I'm upset. It may sound petty, but I'm old. I don't care. I want a ring. Leave me alone. Now I just morphed back into talk show host guy. I I understand it. I understand where he's coming from. He could have worded it much better where it not been an issue. But he's become, and this is a take that I had years ago. He's become the positive hostage. He's the guy He's a positive guy off the field for the most part, doesn't get into any trouble. He's a guy that you need to win football games. But at the same time, he holds your team hostage. With his comments, you can't get rid of him. You have to pretty much deal with whatever he says and whatever he does because he's your franchise quarterback in year 15, and if you know you're going to win a Super Bowl, you got to do it with him. He's the positive hostage whatever he's dishing out you just gotta take because that's what it is at this point
1: yeah you're right and and i understand when you morphed into that six foot five white guy although you sounded way too cool for a six foot five white guy um he uh he does have a great i understand it I, I would really understand it if the Steelers would have selected a quarterback in the first round if they would have taken lamar jackson or if they would have taken Mason rudolph in the first round i get it but the Steelers did devote some defense. Now, it might not have been what he wanted. And for crying out loud, if he's looking for offensive help, out of the seven picks, four of them were offensive players. One of them was a quarterback. One of them was a potential swing tackle. But he got a very versatile tool in Jalen Samuels, who I want to talk about here in a second. And he had a, a, a number two, a, a second-round receiver in James Washington. If that number two, that second-round second round receiver can give three-fourths or a half of the production that Juju Smith-Schuster gave last year as a second-round rookie, I think Ben Roethlisberger would be pretty happy. So I don't know what the hell he wants. I don't know what he's doing anymore. I don't know what he's thinking. He's turning into, like you said, the crotchety old man who just says whatever he wants. So I'm kind of I mean, – yeah.
0: You know, quarterbacks are what they are. They get paid. They're pivotadas and, and it just is what it is. It's, it's part of doing business. But in speaking of the wide receiver position – and that second-round draft pick, it's being reported. I think that Eli Rogers, if it, correct me if I'm wrong, is now an unrestricted free agent. And, yeah. um, you know, with that being the case, he having the knee injury, uh, Martavis Bryant gone, you know, they go from a position of strength with A.B., Martavis, Juju, and Eli Rogers to now a position group of uncertainty. And I think as Steeler fans, we've kind of taken it for granted that they know how to coach that position probably better or that position group probably better than any team in the national football league. How worried are you Jeff with a new offensive coordinator? And we wanted to talk about some of the offensive philosophy. You got a new offensive coordinator. You've got a, a cranky quarterback. You've got a new second round draft pick coming in. Uh, You know, that position group in that position grouping in that room, it, it's a little, in some upheaval. You know, what's your thought on that position and the overall offensive philosophy.
1: But Don't forget, new. I don't know if you said this, a new receivers coach as well with Richard Mann. I did not um, say that with
0: Richard Mann gone. Yeah, yeah so, so throw that in the mix as well.
1: Absolutely. I do think the fact that Antonio Brown is there helps a lot at every single thing that you just named. He helps Ben Roethlisberger, obviously. He's going to help out the offensive coordinator. He's going to help out the other receivers in the room, and he's going to help out that receiver coach. It's now his group Antonio Brown's group and Juju Smith Schuster follows him religiously in terms of what he does how he prepares I'm not worried about any receivers that come to the team my question is when you look at the depth chart who are those receivers going to be so I wrote an article kind of expanding on this not too long ago um, obviously you would think that there's three players that are locks to make the team next year antonio brown juju smith schuster and the rookie james washington barring injury those three players will be your top three receivers whether you like it or not so who else is going to be there they did sign justin hunter to a one-year deal and i keep on thinking in the back of my mind that the steelers were okay with martavis bryant leaving because they had hunter in the fold I'm not saying that Hunter is as dynamic as Martavis Bryant, but if you want a guy that's fast, that can take the top off of defense, he can do that. You know who else can do that? Darius Hayward Bay. Darius Hayward Bay might not have the best hands. He might not be the most reliable receiver. He's certainly not an Antonio Brown type. But let's be honest here, Lance. In 2017, show me outside of the Minnesota Vikings touchdown where Martavis Bryant did anything that even was remotely linked to something dynamic. I I am that they ran a lot of reverses that never worked. They ran a lot of bubble screens that never worked. He he was never really in sync with Ben Roethlisberger, the deep balls. He would be turning the wrong way, not locating the ball in the air. I saw Martavis Bryant that looked like a shell of himself last year, and I know he had a good game against Jacksonville, and that's what everyone's going to remember. I don't think the Steelers are going to miss him that much. That's all I'm going to say. We'll get to him in a second, though. Eli Rogers is still an option for the team to bring back if his knee is healthy. I think if they can bring him back, he could be that fourth receiver for them. That would really solidify that group. And then I wouldn't be surprised if an undrafted free agent like Quadri Henderson um, from Pitt, who's a kick return, punt return guy, could also play receiver. He might even make it if they're going to keep five or six receivers. That's to be determined. What do you think, Lance? What are your thoughts?
0: I don't entirely disagree with you about Martavis, but I will say this: having a guy with the physical ability of Martevis, even if you don't connect, it's having that guy that creates space for your offense you know it's sort of like you know having Clay Thompson and Steph Curry just by de facto having those guys on the court, the court is expanded, and so. It's the threat of him as well. And I know he didn't produce as well. I don't think they'll miss a ton because they'll have Le'Veon Bell as well and A.B. So I don't think they'll miss a ton. But, you know, what he did against the Minnesota game and tearing up Minnesota, and, you know, when you watch Martavis on film, Martavis is open a lot more then he would get targets and just that threat of taking the top, just having him out there just creates a lot of space. But I I think in trading him and I, I don't mind the trade, the third round, you know, getting the third round pick and trading him, I think was solid. I don't think they're just right now on paper as good an offense as they were last year. And I, and I think the offense is the strength of this team but it'll be interesting to see how the second round draft pick pans out. Now, other news today, there was the signing of rookie Jalen Samuels. I like Jalen Samuels. I actually, Jeff, went to YouTube and watched some videos of Jalen Samuels play. I was impressed Mm -hmm. with his versatility, and I could think with the pick, they clearly were looking at him with the thought of maybe Ridley, Samuels and Connor maybe could get the job done if for some reason Le'Veon holds out or or something goes on with Le'Veon and post-Le'Veon. What's your thoughts on Samuels as a player and how do you think he'll be utilized in the offense next year? We may have had some technical difficulty listeners. I'm not sure if jeff is still there are you still there jeff
1: yeah can you hear me yes yeah okay sorry um jaylen samuels in my opinion embodies the move where the steelers offense is going to go randy feeder if you go back to when he uh, did some play calling at memphis when deangelo williams was there this guy loves run pass option plays and it's going to give a lot of Credence, it's going to give a lot of ownership to Ben Roethlisberger in terms of play calling, but it's something that Jalen Samuels and Le'Veon Bell can do very, very well. They can flex Jalen Samuels out in certain positions that are really going to make it difficult on a defense. For instance, that bunch formation, I know, I love that formation. You can put him as a tight end, you can put him as an, in the slot, um, he could be a motion receiver, Uh, You can do all this with him. You can basically get the receiving skills of a Le'Veon Bell without having to move Le'Veon Bell out of the backfield. So I think that Jalen Samuels has a multifaceted impact on this offense. We talked about the receivers. You kind of have to throw him in there just like you would Le'Veon Bell because they're going to be able to utilize him like a receiver, uh, and they're going to be able to really be creative. Your primary receivers are going to be – Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster, period. And so what you have to do then is you have to figure out, well, what else are they going to do? They can use a bunch of different guys in the slot, and Jalen Samuels should be one of those guys. If he can pick up the offense, I see no reason why this player from North Carolina State is not going to be just that, a player. He's a touchdown machine. I mean, the, the Steelers, what do they struggle on offense? The red zone. This guy is is your red zone answer. You can keep Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. You can put him out in the slot, or you can have him cover the tight end, even, and it can really create some mismatch problems with the defense. Who do you put on him? A safety, a cornerback, a linebacker? I like this pick a lot. I think he's going to be a player that a lot of fans are going to kind of you know say, "Whoa, who's this guy again? Where did he come from?" Because he wasn't a high draft pick. Uh, but he's a he's a player. I like him. What are your thoughts?
0: Let me ask you this. Let's let let's tease it out a little bit. You put him on the okay. you put him on the field with Le'Veon Bell. So mm-hmm. you got two backs, right? So you only have three more receiving threats. Are you taking off the tight end position? No. And he's going to interchange with the tight end? Or are you keeping the tight end position on the field with A B and Juju mm-hmm. Smith Schusters? with the running and, and the two backs? I mean, how are you going to do it? How are you going to align it? What guys, well, you
1: know, what I, guy I comes off the both. field? I think you can do both. I, I I, could see a package where they have Samuels as the tight end and you still have James Washington, the other two receivers out there with Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. I can also see if they go heavy, you have Vance McDonald and Jalen Samuels, or if they go two tight ends, you'd have Jesse James and, and Vance McDonald with A.B. and Juju Smith-Schuster and Le'Veon Bell. This is what it's going to create. It's going to create a lot of options for this offense, uh, options that, in my opinion, they didn't really have even last year. Juju Smith-Schuster is great from the slot, and he's a great blocker. And I don't think they're going to intend to take him away from that. I don't think Jalen Samuels is going to be an every-down player. I hope fans that are listening aren't thinking that. Don't expect that. He might get, I don't know, 15, 15, 20 snaps at the most. A game, at least early in the career, early in his tenure, his rookie season. I just think that what he brings is a versatility the Steelers don't have, and with his versatility, it creates more of ver- more versatility offensively from play calling when you have Le'Veon Bell that doesn't have to try to do everything. He can still do everything, but he doesn't have to do everything. I hope that makes sense.
0: I liked I like the pick because that type of player and that type of versatility. You can also be a little more horizontal in your offense. You don't have to be such a big play. You can be a more hit singles, hit doubles, manufacture runs, so to speak, get first downs, get the ball out, get some yards after the catch, and really matriculate the ball down the field that way, as opposed to being so dependent on big shots. I I like the pick. I think he's really versatile. I think he's a guy that's going to guarantee make the roster. But, Jeff, before we close the program, Is there anything you want to promote on the website this week? Anything you want to highlight?
1: Uh, Yeah, we have a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, A couple NFL insiders gave their thoughts on Mason Rudolph in terms of where he fits with the other quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round. Um, They use a lot of analytics with that. So if you're a numbers guy, uh, check that out. Probably going to run Friday, if not Friday, Saturday. Um, We've just got a lot of good stuff coming up, training camp, potential training camp battles uh, with minicamp getting started uh, a lot of good content as well as the latest news. I know that you talked about Jalen Samuels being signed, but today they signed two more rookies, Marcus Allen from the fifth round and the seventh round pick Joshua Frazier from Alabama. It's on the website, get all the information you need right there as the Steelers have signed now three of their seven draft picks from the 2018 NFL draft.
0: And with that, listeners, we're going to go ahead and conclude the program. Jeff, as always, thank you for joining in. Show the listeners your pin shirt again. Show them, you know, let's see that pin shirt. Yes, old school. And next time, Jeff, when you say you run one of the biggest stealer websites, yeah, you have have to pop your collar. I mean, you got to own that. I mean, you got to strut. I mean, you got (laughs) you, you can't just say that and. Let it slide. You gotta,
1: ah, uh, you know, I, that's not my style. You should know that by now. We've been doing this long enough. That's not my style.
0: Come on, man. Sometimes you gotta spike the ball, man. <laughs> just, just do the Gronk. I'm not saying that you gotta do a whole touchdown dance. I mean, yeah. just just spike it really hard, like Rob Gronkowski. But with that, listeners, we're going to conclude the program. Hopefully, we will be back next week. But it's summertime. We've got kids. We got stuff to do. Jeff got mm. more kids. Jeff got a lot of kids. So (laughs) Jeff's really busy. So hopefully we will see you next week.